0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions
2: apply. See website for details. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that was glad to see natural order restored at the weekend. This week on Heart and Hand... I went to Ibrox to watch a football match but in the end I saw the Silence of the Lambs. So welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host as always. And joining me this week are two of my favourite Heart and Handers. First of all, it's been far, far too long. It's the gorgeous Mr Alex Staff. Hello David, how are you doing? I'm delighted to have you back, big man. It's it's good to good to get you back in the pool. We're touching base. I know you like those office terms.
1: Oh God, I don't.
2: That's not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not say we did. And uh, moving on, a man who genuinely does love those office terms is Colin McMillan. <laughs> hey, that's harsh. Hi, David. Hi, Alex. Good to speak to you. Let's do a bit of blue sky thinking. Let's have an ideal shower. Um, and speaking of showers, Rangers took on Aberdeen at the weekend. I'll be honest, I will hold my hands up here lads and say that possibly because of what happened last season, the enmity between the two teams, I expected this to be a real hammer and tongs affair. I thought Rangers would win, but I expected it to be pretty similar to what we witnessed last season. I thought the two teams would Uh, It would be a very physical match. I thought that, obviously, Aberdeen would would do what they did, but I thought they would do it better. And it would be down to whether or not Rangers could break them down, could do the things we didn't do last season, didn't make the mistakes. I didn't get any of that. Rangers went out from the start, swept them away. There was an enormous gulf between the two sides, Alex. I mean, there, there was just a huge distance, and I'm not talking about Derek McInnes's trouser measurement.
1: No, um, although that is getting
2: rather,
1: gul- it's getting rather golf-like, isn't it? I mean, I think he's done, I'll give him his due, he's done okay to get to this far before it starts, you know? Yeah, um,
2: yeah. The beard's starting to look pretty. He's he's going a wee bit Nuno Espirito with that beard now. Somebody needs to take him. Colin, you. you've got a beard. There are beard trimmers available, right?
0: Apparently so, yeah. Yeah, um, but... I, I, get a, I get a turk to do it for me every week or so, but apparently you can do it yourself. You get turked every week or so? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's what they call it, yeah. Midnight
2: Express. Uh, <laughs> right, okay, well, I mean, whatever floats your boat, big chap. But uh, yeah, he is getting a little bit hobo-like, and uh, he, he, his team certainly were wondering about Lost outside with nowhere to go. Yes. Um, now,
1: plenty of people will say, and, and Gary McInnes has said, it was a good time to get them given injuries the extra half hour and extra time during the week etc etc and there's maybe something in that but uh, but yeah it was still a pretty strong team he had out um, he used exactly the same tactics that gave us the problems last season and we ripped him apart uh, We've clearly learned some lessons We made a couple of changes ourselves And I'm sure we'll talk about that But uh, but yeah, it was um, very, very pleasing And I don't think anybody was predicting that I know Mr Cameron Bell was trying to claim it but you know, he
2: did, no... on he, did right, he did say it He did say it 28 I I was... to 1, I hope you were on it, folks He <laughs> <Probably>.
1: wasn't <laughs> And that probably sums up how seriously he was taking that, right? Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, um after last season, and after and during the week as well, which was a, a kind of hard-fought game, not a very pretty game, and our performances have been inconsistent, um, anybody going to the game with a slight bit of trepidation was, was justified in doing so. Uh, so, as you say, David, we didn't see that coming, and it was as much about how good we were as it was about Aberdeen being poor.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd totally echo that, Colin. I thought that Rangers produced... Our best domestic performance. I, I do think that when people say best performance this season, Mitchell and away, because they're a right good side, and I thought that was a fantastic performance. For Feyenoord at home, I thought it was a fantastic performance, because we had to keep that high level of intensity for 90-plus minutes, which we didn't on Saturday. We'd, we'd won the game by, by 50 minutes. But the football Rangers played was, was excellent. Um, We were getting the ball down constantly. None of this cul-de-sac nonsense that Aberdeen forced us into last year. None of this playing in behind them. And a large part of that, I felt, was due to the front three. Now, the manager sprung a surprise by bringing back Greg Stewart. And I, I think that we did predict in the summer, Uh, the Rangers support, I don't mean we, the podders, I mean Rangers support widely, that, that OK, Greg Stewart seems a bit of a weird one, but maybe it's because... He's not quick, we know that, but what he does have, we've got quick wingers. What he does is he's got great movement, he's very intelligent, he's got, to spark a cliche here, a football brain. And him, Ojo, and Morelos, I thought played together. It wasn't three guys in silos. Alfie dropped deep. Those two ran in behind. They dragged the Aberdeen defence all over the place. And last season, the Aberdeen defence, you could have drawn a little circle round them about a foot wide in diameter and they would never have left it because they didn't
0: have to. On Saturday, they didn't know if they were coming or going. They didn't and it was, it was due to the trickery of that front three that gave them something to think about and it gave them something to do constantly. The the football brain is a bit of a cliche, but he has that in abundance and he's able to draw those defenders out, make them actually commit to him and make something happen with the ball, which we didn't see last season. That low block, we just couldn't get past it. With this front three on Saturday, it was a completely different story. And you're right, when we got to the game on Saturday and we saw the team, eyebrows were raised. It was a bit of a surprise out of the cold, out of nowhere. But when you think about the facts that he was at Aberdeen for six months last season, so he knows exactly what they're all about. And he's also got a bit of a point to prove as well, does Stuart, uh, with how he's move when after the successful time at Kilmarnock. He didn't replicate that in the six months at Aberdeen. So he's got a chance to play for Rangers. He's got a chance in the team. He's got that fire in his belly as well. And it all just worked out perfectly. And it was, dare I say it, a very cunning, great tactical move by the manager.
2: Yeah, Alex, I mean, one of the things I was critical of Stephen Gerrard for, and you know that for me to criticise Stevie G hurts me more than it hurts him, yes. Um, frankly, yes. Uh, uh, it, it really does. I I don't like doing it because I'm a sad fanboy, but uh, I was really disappointed that we just kept doing the same shit against Aberdeen on the grounds that, well, it worked in that 4-2 at Ptodry. Well, that was because they played differently. They came out, whereas every other game, they just did what they did. And I'll give McKinnessy's due I thought at 2-0 they'll come out a wee bit, at 3-0 they might come out a wee Nope, they heroically stuck to their guns um, in the face of it not working and didn't alter their tactics when Iota. Rangers didn't do enough for me tactically last season to change it, and it, it was just, well, we'll keep doing what we're doing, well, we'll keep getting what we're getting then, and that's exactly what, what happened. Uh, the nadir of which, of course, was the defeat in the Cup at home, where we'd seen that game by that stage, that was the... the Third time that season we'd, we'd witnessed that match. He didn't do that at the weekend. He did change the, the side about, yeah, you stick to your guns. It was still the same shape the Rangers employ. It was still you know mostly the same players. But it was different, and Aberdeen couldn't cope with it. And the best thing about it is that I felt that Aberdeen wouldn't be able to cope with it if we did that again. It wasn't a case of they could go away and make tactical changes because I think that the type of players they have, they would still struggle to cope with that and Derek McInnes sort of alluded to that in his post-match where he said well yeah we know what Rangers do but they did it really well and it's not just as easy as saying because you know you're, they're going to do it that it's easy to stop it.
1: Yeah I think actually he's been a little bit disingenuous when he says uh, we know what Rangers do because um, well if that's the case um, you know if he knew exactly what we were going to play like that um, in terms of the movement in terms of the interchanging in the front three because we didn't do that against them last season we just didn't we um we stood in a straight line uh, far too often and it suited them to the ground um and we were crying out and, and you're right david we were all saying it by that kind of uh, the cup defeat in particular at iBooks, where we were all just basically screaming why are we doing this again you know um it wasn't just down to performance it was down to choice uh, of tactics and choice of personnel that uh, if he knew that, then what he chose to do was was idiotic, in my opinion. Now I'm not, you know, I'm not a manager, I'm not got coaching badges, etc. But I can't really see what what the thinking was. I don't get it. If he knew, it, so I I don't think he when he's just saying, oh, we know what Rangers are going to do, but they've done it really well. I think you're right. I don't think he would have had an answer, even if he had his full team, even if he tried something different for the way we were playing on the day. But um, what he chose to do was was strange in that case because. Um, well, I mean, we'll, we'll go into it a bit deeper, but it's some of the, the defensive choices in terms of tactics were, uh, they worked for him last season, uh, so I can see why he went for them in that respect. But if you knew Rangers were going to change it up a bit, then he was uh, um, it's very right for Aberdeen fans to be questioning why he played like that.
2: Yeah, I, I I, didn't really understand the commitment to man marking all over the pitch. Um, It didn't work. They couldn't get near them. And a large part of that calling was due to yet another fantastic 9 out of 10 performance from Alfredo Morelos. This is Alfie version 2, and we don't want to jinx it. But there is a calmness about him this season that we haven't witnessed before. You don't feel quite as on edge. He's not as explosive in terms of temperament, but is more explosive. He seems to have channeled that. Into his play I thought that his movement was absolutely First class at the weekend Um, He doesn't When he plays like he's been playing recently The defence doesn't matter To him because what his Challenge is is uh, I'm going to do My thing and you're Going to have to find a way to deal with it I'm not really bothered what positions you're taking up Where you're going because I'm just going to go Where I want to go and The defenders didn't know do I follow Him did the midfield pick him up uh, he had a field day And the challenge that As as I say I think he's laying down to defenders Is I'm just going to play my game And I'm confident that it's going to be enough To overcome you And to be fair to him Pretty much every game
0: this season so far it has been Yeah definitely uh, Version 2 is saying that And something else he has completely changed The players went up at least one gear Compared to the, the player he was last season uh, Last season the only player that really Stopped him in his tracks was himself It was his own worst enemy at times. Nobody else could really get near him and it was the self-destruction and the pettiness at times and the daft bookings and sending off. That's what held him back. This season, that's not been an issue and he has completely curbed that. Uh, We knew he was going to mature. We knew he would be able to calm it down a little bit, but he's almost went completely 180. He's only had three bookings so far this season and funnily enough, they've all came in Europe. He's not even been booked once domestically, which is remarkable when you think about it compared to last season and you were watching him last season aware that he could erupt at any point and heart and mouth at times, sometimes when he went down because of his reaction when he would jump back up again and cause trouble. It's not been a thing this season at all. He plays with almost a sort of zen just now. I don't know where he's got it from, but long may it continue because compared to this time last season, he has got half the yellow cards he did. He has got no red cards compared to two the season before and he's five goals better off. And his overall play... Is even better Uh, He's Mm -hmm. contributing more to the team He's directing play And you can just see that everything we do Is now going through him Which has been so, so important Because last season we had him And we had Tav as our main playmakers Tav has had a quieter start to the season But Morelos has filled that gap And stood up And long may it continue I think the teams sit on Tav now Understandably But
2: there are others Last season if that happened uh, Tav, if you took Tav out of the game, nobody really ever did that, but made them quieter than Rangers struggled. Whereas I do think I agree, others are are stepping up now, which is good. I mean, that was why we added players in the summer. That was the the hope for it. Alex, something that that Colin mentioned there was the the the, the temperamental change from Alfie. A, a lot of that has been put down to working with Jermaine Defoe, which is clearly helping. But I think in large parts he has almost screwed them up a little bit after that red card at Parkhead. And I think that was the one that did finally get through to him. Um, it, it, it didn't help his chances of going to the Copa. That hurt him. Um, it, it probably scuppered the level of move that he would have got on the back of that. But although it didn't feel it at the time, it might be a blessing and a really, really good disguise.
1: Yeah, um, as you say, it didn't feel it at the time. Um but uh, but it was unlikely we were winning the league, even if we'd won that game, I think. You know, we were kind of um, still playing catch-up a little bit at that point. Uh, so, so, yes, we're getting the benefits this season. Um, I'm happy to hold my hands up and admit that I was very, very wrong with Morelos. I thought that if you took that side out of him, and I don't think it's quite away. you know, it's not gone um, it's just he's, he's controlling it better. But I thought if you took that away from him, you'd take away a lot of, of what he offers on the pitch as well. And it seems to be uh, that's, you know, very, very wrong because he's improving just non-stop at the moment. And you've made this point before, David, his potential is frightening. Uh, when you consider the player that we signed and the managerial changes he's had to put through, the the sort of the pressure on him both, uh, domestically in terms of the way he's been refereed, the way he's been viewed and, you know, internationally the way that people been looking at him for transfer moves, there's no doubt his agent's been sounded out by clubs and he's heard of that, he's maybe got a bit excited nothing's came of it, all of this has just made him, he's, he's kept he's kept ahead, he's just kept working hard and the benefits right now are unreal and I can't understand anybody who is still I don't think there's very many now I don't think agent. there's many
2: now the no,
1: thing I, is, many are critical of him now, either no, because no. it just what he's offering at the moment is it's I, I, I can't really admit. when was the last player we signed at around about that age that has improved that much that quickly? That was always the issue, wasn't it? Rangers? you'd sign mm. potential, and we, we always felt as though they never really lived up to it. Or we'd sign guys who
2: looked Geal? really good elsewhere. Giel, yeah. maybe, genuinely, probably. It. Arteta, yeah. But even then Arteta didn't reach this level of performance for us. No. no. Um, he did. He did go on to be a magnificent footballer, but um for us, was, no, you're right. Yeah. He was good for us, but he didn't develop in his time with us, I think, at the rate that he has. I, I think you need to go back to, to, to Gio or or possibly even Reno. Um but these were, you know, genuinely exceptional footballers. But I think we've always said that he can be, he's got the ability to be an exceptional footballer. What I would, I'm very excited about Alfredo is that every year uh, in his short career so far, he's got better. He got better when he went to to Finland. He improved there. He's certainly immeasurably better, I think, than the boy who pitched up here. Yeah. And to yeah. me, it's just an exciting that he clearly. Is developing and learning and, and picking up things that are, are frightening. And the defence just didn't know what to do with him at the weekend because, like I say, he's in a zone at the moment where I'm just playing my game and nothing you do is going to penetrate that. And when he does that, he's he, he, nobody in Scotland can handle him. He's, he's just, he's too good. Um, moving on to the, the boys that played with him at the weekend, Colin. Um, you know, Greg Stewart, we've touched upon sensational, um, performance and he arrived as a Rangers player and he gave the managers options. For me, Games you want pace, you wouldn't pick Greg Stewart. Games where you're going to face banks of four and five, you'd pick Greg Stewart. And that's great. That's why he was signed as an option. You might be a guy you never see away from home, but you see all the time at Ibrox. But I thought the much-maligned Shea Ojo was, was excellent um, at the weekend. Maybe you had to be at the game, but his movement off the ball absolutely terrorised Aberdeen and created so
0: much space. Yeah, Shea is is a very polarising figure because if you watch him for 90 minutes on a typical game, he will frustrate you more than he will please you. However, he is pretty near the top of our listings in terms of assists and goals. So he does, he does make a difference. He does get that assist. He does get the, those goals. He maybe plays the wrong ball far too often. He maybe is a little bit greedy at taking shots at times, but... He's a young boy on loan and maybe we're expecting too much of him at times and that's why he's maybe fallen foul of some of the boo boys on a couple of occasions but if you look at him purely on a stats based basis, he is one of our most effective players so far this season. Um, He is a player I think we're going to have to Deal with in terms of He will drift in and out of games But Saturday showed us That when he's on it He's very very much on it And he was just as responsible For Stuart in a lot of ways uh, Getting us through that defence The trickery And getting us the, in the position To score five goals Against Aberdeen at home He's definitely getting better um, I just hope he's able to get More of the crowd on his side Because I know where I sit In the Copeland There still is a lot of people That aren't quite big fans Of Shiojo yet And are concentrating Maybe too much On the things that don't work for him Rather than the things that do he can be a greedy
2: bastard at times. That he, he can be a bit frustrating with that. But as you say, he, he also can deliver final goals. Um, exactly. That, um, you, you maybe have to live with the, to take the off with the smooth with that. Alex, into the midfield on Saturday. And, folks, if you want a full tactical breakdown, Alex and Adam did that on our tactics show over on our Patreon site, which you should be a subscriber to anyway. But uh, I thought that Stephen Davis... Uh, and Ryan Jack were both superb and when Stephen Davis plays at that level, there's a level of class he has that I think is virtually unmatched in Scotland
1: Yes, there is um, you're right there's, you know, across Across the, the the city, there's a, a, a definitely a good quality midfielder there. But Stephen Davis is in the mood. He's proven it for for years now. Um, played at a higher level than anybody else here, really. And uh, it makes the game look. It looks like some. I saw someone describing it as it looked like he was just. Hanging up all about with his mates in a pitch, mm. you know, on a yeah. park somewhere, just find looking at runs. Oh, that's fine. I'll go and just pick that, you know, pick that one out for you. And we almost scored a couple of great goals from from that one first half. We Ojo, um, where he kind of snatched at it a bit in his right foot. The one that Greg Stewart hit the post in the second half, uh, both came from Davis Bell, even looking up and just knowing movement's going to be there. I'll just find a player right in behind that defence, a defence that wasn't exactly pushed up the park either you know Um, and he's still able to find those passes like that he was majestic and i think him and ryan jack are bringing out the best in each other personally um i think it's like it's kind of like the midfield equivalent of every defender next to david wheel looks really good (laughs) um it's kind of like that where stephen davis is just talking ryan jack through the game getting him to do all the running for him as such, although Davis still does plenty himself, he's kept himself in cracking shape over the years Um, and, you know, Jack is just improving and he's got his confidence and confidence in teammates is a big thing and, you know, we often forget that Uh, knowing that you've got Davis in there covering for you picking things up for you, talking you through the game. It's yeah. making a big difference to Ryan Jack. He's been, he's been excellent this season as well. And on paper, you can see why some people were worried when you play both of them games at home against teams that are sitting in. But I don't think we've, uh, we've had maybe one good performance this season when the two of them haven't been on the pitch together. And that was Mitchell and Delay where we rested Davis. Um, but that side, like when it, you need, I think we need both of them on the park if we want to see us play well. Uh, and it, it, just, Davis was I can see why he was given man a match my personal choice would have been Morelos but you can see why Davis was given it in that game because he just uh, strolled around and, and made it look really really simple
2: I I think you're totally right in that, Um, for me I think that the, the improvement in Jack's game this season has been not because Ryan Jack's discovered new abilities, I think he's always had them I just think that he trusts Davis and goes okay I can go forward no, I don't need to keep one eye out on what's happening behind me. And I think that when he didn't have that faith in who he was playing with last season, and that included Davis sometimes when Stephen Davis wasn't up to uh, his optimum form, that Ryan Jack would drop too deep and would try to do too many things um, and and would be caught between two stools. Whereas this year, I think he's like, nah, he's got this. I can wander up there uh, and do my better work further up where it can hurt sides. And it's certainly that Aberdeen couldn't get out. At the weekend. Um and another reason for that, Colin, was their outball is Sam Cosgrove, their are, their are striker, who was, I thought, expertly marshalled by Nico Katic. Now Nico was recalled to the side after Philip Hellander had, let's be honest, an awkward night at Livingston. Um the second half in particular I thought Hellander looked quite disorientated by by what he's experienced. It takes a while. I mean, Borna Baris spoke at the weekend about you've got to adapt to Scotland. It's a difficult league. It's very physical. Um, Philip Hellander has already shown he's a, he's a good defender. But if you've got four quality defenders, sometimes it's not a conspiracy when the manager says, I'm going to pick him for this game because of the type of challenge it is. I think we might just have to accept that the manager, some games he likes Hellander, some games he'll like Nico. And as long as
0: we keep winning, who are we to question that? Um, Hellander's played three games in seven days, and he is still probably getting used to the rough and tumble, like you say, of Scottish football. So taking him out wasn't the worst thing in the world. And when you've got guys like Nico Katic, and then Edinson, who came on and also looked apart, then you're right. We've got four quality centre-halves where they all have different attributes and different abilities, and there will be better games where some are suited to. I think Goldson is our number one first choice, so it's going to be him and another and that's that's how we're going to line up, and it's good to see Katic come back in, not put a foot wrong, completely snuff them out, I think they had one shot on target and four shots the whole game, Aberdeen, and show that he's quite happy to come back in, still put in a performance, and all these stories, of falling's out, fights in the dressing room, Jared not liking him, is all just absolute nonsense, and... It's good to just nip that in the bud and show that we've got a strong squad with options and we're going to use them. And that's how it should be. We play far too many games to just have 11 players playing every single match. We saw that last year. Exactly, is, it it yeah.
2: doesn't work. They burn out and you don't have options and you do the same thing all the time. Yeah. Alex, I was delighted with Nico's performance for another reason. And this is this is my issue, you know, hold my hands up to it. But the praise that, that someone get, like Cosgrove gets or Dykes or Livingston gets, I mean, there's always a clamour on message boards. Should <laughs> you be looking yes. at them? Yeah. Sam Cosgrove is, is sort of my pet hate as a footballer because he's uh, a big lad. Um he puts his weight about, he also falls down a hell of a lot for a chap his size, So when win three kicks for Aberdeen. And he hits a good penalty and he's a decent finisher. He's nothing extraordinary. He'll be a good SPFL level footballer, fair play to him. But in Scotland, we seem to laud these guys who have got no technical ability whatsoever. And as I say, when you come up against a defender who says, OK, I'll, I'll match you physically, I'll enjoy this. Come on. Um, but I'm technically much better than you. I've got better feet than you. Then you see the limitations. And I thought that Nico just completely owned them. He did. Yes. Um, uh, you speak about
1: Hellander. During the week against, and it was Lyndon Dykes, who many thought gave Catech a really big uh, hard game 10 days before that. Um, but the one thing that they've got here, um, and, and I honestly believe us, we've spoken about Ike another, isn't he? Another big, strong guy who um, in any other top league in the world would look like an absolute diddy. But in Scottish football because you are allowed to foul as much as you're allowed to foul Um, because if you're the underdog team you're allowed to get the elbows out every time you got for a header um, Mm -hmm. and and get it it's impunity, it's total impunity these guys end up looking like good players Um, and then for whatever reason and I just can't get on board with it um, and my apologies to anybody listening who uh, completely disagrees with me here but I don't quite get the excitement for a big strong striker at Rangers right um, you know oh we need this guy That's, that should be our third choice striker we can throw him on for the you know when games aren't going against us you need to build an entire team round guys like that and we don't do that Um, we we play football so you know if we were to sign somebody like that they would look exactly like each, looked like for us yeah. exactly like uh, Lafferty looked like for us last season you know just a kind of Square peg, round uh, round hole sort of situation where we don't we don't build. Anytime we've played, any think of all our better kind of big strong strikers we have played with them as the main man in the team, you mm-hmm. know. Um,
2: and they've been quality players as well. That you that know, was the difference, yeah. I mean, you could you ping the ball up to Mark Cately, it was going to stick. Yeah, Daniel Puzzo, you knew he yep. was going to do that. Yeah, they were good footballers. He's I'm not. Uh, listen, if you can get a powerful target man type who can play. Then I'd love him because, but then every club in Europe was uh, on the lookout for one like this because it's such a there's a reason Andy Carroll kept getting moves. Yeah. Um. Based on yeah, but if we can get him fit, and of course we all know that, yeah. you know that's science fiction. But the 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 lump of wood type character. Um, and it just it pisses you off. Oh, Cosgrove's going to do this to your defence. No, he's not. Right? We've got good centre-back. They'll be able to handle him. And once you meet the physical challenges of it, I just think it's, you know, look, I don't pretend to understand high-level coaching and tactics and setting out a team. right. It's it's complicated stuff. One of the, the things that I think is quite sweet but very quaint is when you hear pundits, older pundits, uh, and fans say, football's a simple game. No, it isn't. Not anymore. Um, Exactly. When you hear Jurgen Klopp talking about how Liverpool make a chance when they don't have the ball, right? (laughs) Um, Because the players know when they've got to run, where they've got to run, etc. Football's not a simple game anymore. And I think that this idea of, you know, the big man striker fits into that. But I don't pretend I could lay out a team to take on a manager who knows tactics. But what McInnes does which is, right, I want you to hit diagonals. And when you get the ball, I want you to invite contact and win a foul. And then we'll lump it into Big Sam. I think I could do that. I think I could show a team how to do that. And defensively, I need you all in a line. There's some great images, if you haven't seen them, folks kicking about Twitter, where Aberdeen will literally, on their 18-yard line, have a line of eight players. I could do that.
1: Yeah. If your your job is to, you know, if you're just to say to Shea (laughs) Logan... See that guy there, that, that guy Ojo, just follow him no matter where he goes. Yeah, yeah. I don't care that you're right back. If he goes over to the right wing, you're playing as a second left back. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could definitely tell players how to do that.
2: And I are available, we could be the Walter and Archie. Of <laughs> so, folks, you know what to do. David at heartman.co.uk <laughs> um, I don't get up till twelve, so training will have to be in the afternoon, and I need Saturdays off to watch Rangers or Sundays. <laughs> and now on in. Mostly uh, Sundays, Thursday nights as well. Thursdays and Sundays. Um... I, I can't. Do it. But the rest of the week, I'm, I'm available and I'm more than happy to, to help out. So, a really good victory. And Colin, it was a huge victory in a way. Obviously, it's nice to beat the sheep, right? Let's well, not. You know, denigrate that and I know that the rivalry is more at their end than it, as it is at ours but even so we still like putting them in their place and I felt, we all felt that we were due one against them, a right big one and the, the team delivered but Celtic had drawn earlier in the day away to Hibs and that to me added an extra element of pressure, uh, the reason for that is, is I'm old enough to remember Tommy Burns as Celtic that whenever they had an opportunity to close the gap on us. And there were a few over the two years. They always failed. They always, time after time, they bottled it because they knew that shit was getting real. And when that happened, they weren't up to it mentally. Rangers not only went out and got the victory, they did it by a distance. They did it by style. They shut the goal difference down. And to me, it was psychologically a huge victory.
0: Oh, they definitely was. I was at the stadium quite early on Saturday. Of
2: course uh,
0: you were. Uh, Colin yeah. gets the stadium folks on the Friday night, sets up with <laughs> a, a camp and a thermos. <laughs> and um, I was sitting in the car listening to their game going on, and it, it seemed inevitable that they would come back into it and they would end up getting the three points because that's what they do. But when they didn't, the massive lift outside the stadium, and you saw everybody around you hearing the score at the same time, it just gave the game that extra little bit of meaning. But at the same time, that gives you an opportunity. It also gives you a potential banana skin because it's all very good Been put in the position to capitalise. It's one other thing doing it. And the team went out and did it and they did it very, very well. And that's something they've done this season. We've had a couple of tests domestically already this season, which we've not done so great with in previous years. Hibs, Kamarnock and now Aberdeen are teams that we threw points away against mm. domestically and shot ourselves in the foot right. against. We've got the sort of... The Celtic monkey off our back last season, and that's going to take care of itself now. Obviously, they won at Ibrox this season, but it's an old firm game. These things will happen from time to time. But this team of Rangers can beat Celtic. That will happen. That's not a problem. The big test going into this, this year for me was beating the jobbers, beating these teams that have ideas above their station and weren't fearing coming to iBooks or playing as the way they should be. Hibs came, we beat them 6-1. We went to Kilmarnock, we beat them 2-1. And Aberdeen came on Saturday and we beat them 5-0. That's matches we weren't getting three points for. And one of the things that pleased me the most on Saturday was one of the boys, Callum, that sits next to me, just turning around at 4-0 and saying, this is exactly what home against Aberdeen should be. Mm. And I hope that's us turned the corner. And these teams around us are going to just be teams that we just take off quite easily, particularly at home. And we don't drop silly points. And I think that's a massive corner that we've turned.
2: Alex, as Colin says, since we came back up, we've all felt, it was the unsaid thing, but it, it was the case that we were in the pack, right? And and it's not a position we're accustomed to and it's certainly not one we enjoyed but we were. You couldn't deny that and teams felt that they were on our level they were capable that we should be considered in amongst them It feels this season, and results back it up but it's certainly, that there is just this feeling that you sense not only from us but from fans of other teams as well that know we've gone back to what it was that it's Rangers and Celtic and okay we might not win the league but there will be a gap a significant gap down to third and that's a big thing for us that's another signpost on the way to where we need to go
1: I think after about three games in the league this season people were starting to say that um that, yeah, Luke's was going to be one of those seasons where Rangers and Celtic are, you know, clear of everybody else by miles. And you're right, it's the first time. But I, I think from our perspective, one of the biggest differences is our players feel that way. Um, last season, there was a feeling of Gerrard's first season, a lot of changes, and there was a kind of, OK, if we get second, if we make a bit of a fist of this, do well in the Cups, and then the <laughs> European run obviously went our way, you know, all of that, there was a feeling of that'll do, right? People would be happy with that, right? And whether that's true or not, you know, was up for debate, but there was that feeling. So if you were in a game, say, for example, like that game, first game of the season, one each away to Kelly, if that was last season's sort of situation, I'm not sure we see quite the level of intensity to go and get that win that we ended up getting
2: because quite the level of belief, um, and now there, this team's like there were games they gave up. I mean, I, I remember very specifically losing my head at the one-one draw with Kamarnik at Ibrox because there was 50 minutes to go and it was quite clear our team felt sorry for themselves and weren't going to get a second because they thought, "Oh, this this always happens to us." And you're right, that is different this season.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a feeling, there's a pressure, <laughs> there's a, a notion in their heads now that we can't afford to drop any points because we are in a genuine title race this season. And, you know, if any team, any game that's a bit of a struggle, any game that, that you need to grind out, it just feels as though there's a bit more belief in the players that they can do that and that they need to do that, which I think is, you know, what is it they say, isn't it? It's necessity is the, the mother of all invention, is a kind of phrase. But, you know what I mean? They feel as though they need those points. And the last time, it's been a while since we've had that. If you remember the season, the very for me... What I always call Helicopter Sunday—the first time the when we beat on six-one in the last day—that's um, you know, when people now talk about Helicopter Sunday. It's the it's the um the Park, yeah. But for me, that the first one is the one that you know that was what I always kind of associated that phrase with. Um, but in the run-up, the lead-up to that, it was becoming pretty clear that not only was this league going to come down to to points, it was looking like goal difference was going to be a thing, and both Rangers and Celtics smashed everybody for weeks. They were just ripping teams to shreds because they needed to, you know. It just added that extra wear. There was no need for the going through the motions or whatever. And I think we're seeing a bit of that this season from our team as well. Where there's a feeling of we can't afford to go away and just get the odd draw now and again, you know, mm-hmm. um, like the submitting game, for example which could have probably felt like nil-nil all over it until Barisic steps up with that free kick. But it just, you know, this kind of feeling of this needs to be done now um, rather than, a, well, you know, if we end up finishing second this season or if we drop a couple of points a day, it's not a disaster. Now the players are starting to feel that way and they believe that they're in it as well, I think, which is a big thing. All of that then... You know, that was never really changed, the fans did it, you're right, it was unsaid, it was unspoken. We, we we knew deep down that we weren't where we needed to be, but we still demanded the highest levels. Now we're at a stage where we think, OK, this team actually, this squad maybe has or looks to have the belief and the ability to back up what we're asking for.
2: Well, we, we look ahead now to Thursday, where we go to play Young Boys of Bern. Um, this is a UEFA approved fixture because obviously there's one team in Glasgow. Young boys might be something that needs monitored closely, but we're we're safe to go there. And Colin, it's. A very very interesting tie because I think you know they're not a glamorous European name. Um, they they don't carry the weight that a Feyenoord or a Porto do in our memories and in our minds. But they're a good side. They reached the Champions League last season. Started slowly in a very tough group and then eventually maybe you know developed a wee bit of confidence. They they did go out, but. They were always going out in that group, but um, they're they're a good side. Um, They have ability. They have a plastic pitch. Now, it's a significantly better plastic pitch than the one we played on last Wednesday, but still, that's that's going to be a factor. I thought it was interesting at the weekend that the manager, by his own admission, made changes not to try and affect the game specifically, but more to look at things. And I wonder if that was just with long-term in mind or with Thursday in mind. Firstly, uh, they the rarely sighted Jermaine Defoe and Alfredo Morelos on the pitch at the same time. only lasted for about 15 minutes or so, but he did try that and Rangers went to uh, a slightly tweaked 4-4-2 formation. And then later, when we returned to the 4-3-3 after Alfie went off, George Edmondson came on but played as a holding midfielder and looked very sharp in those roles. Is this potentially something we might see at? Uh, in Bern or is it more just let's have a look at this for the long term in case we need that option
0: I think it's something that the manager would have wanted to experiment at some point and see what we could do with it and being 4-0 up or 3-0 as we were at the time I think against Aberdeen with 25-30 minutes still to go was probably a a time he wasn't expecting to be in a position to do it and try it and it might have just coincided with this young boys game just a bit by luck perhaps but I, I don't think we'll see Morelos and Defoe together in this match I think that's a step too far for an away game in Europe, but I just don't see us doing it. Edmondson is a central midfielder, holding mid. That could be something we see. We've seen Rangers teams of the past um, pluck a surprise out of the air and have a kind of holding midfield come and play a really good game and be really effective for us. Um, young boys are not the, you're right, they're not the glamorous team of the group by any stretch, but they're not to be underestimated either. Um, they are unbeaten at home, I believe, for almost a year, and that includes a win against Juventus um, in that time. And they've got that plastic pitch that, you know, we sometimes struggle with as well. And they've lost their opening game of the Europa League. And we know how important it is when you lose that first one to get yourself right back into it in the second one. Or else you could be out out in your arse already after two matches. So I think this is going to be a tougher game on paper than some. Some fans are leading themselves to believe just because the young boy's name isn't glamorous and isn't exciting. And it could be the match where you see a surprise, maybe someone like an Edinson coming in and doing that role, um, because he certainly didn't look out of place on Saturday when he came on, he actually really, really impressed me, he's very big, very strong, I don't see many players going to be able to go through him, and he also impressed me with his passing ability, very, very good at passing the ball, finding a pass and also finding the pass quickly, getting the ball and quickly recycling it, which is really, really integral for that role, so it could be one to look out for on Thursday. Yeah,
2: Alex, I wonder if it's normally in a game like this, I would be expecting the Davis-Jack-Kamara midfield. Um, but Kamara has not been in good form this season. There's, there's no shine away from it. He got the goal against Livingston last week, but then was, was dreadful. Not the only one. Um, and ended up being subbed uh, in that match. And that made me think that possibly that was why the gaffer was trying to, um, to think, I do want a defensive midfielder... Uh, Kamara is not quite delivering at the level that we know he can, so maybe George would be an, an option at this point.
1: Possibly. I mean, you've also got to consider injuries at the moment, meaning that you know, if Joe Rebo's there, then you probably don't need to think about this, do you? Um, Andy King doesn't seem to be either considered fit or considered good enough. We'll find out in time, I suppose, um, but he doesn't seem to be quite there yet. So, so you know, he's got he's got to look at another. I think it was more a long term thing and just getting Edmondson some time on the pitch, which he has deserved after pre season where he was excellent. He was excellent in pre season, but. You know that's how, suddenly centre half's a our, our most difficult position to get a game in probably. So, um, so he's he's kind of he needed he needed some minutes. We'll see, we'll see in Thursday. I I think it will be the the Davis Jack and Kamara trio. Kamara's best games this season were the two games against Michelin, in my opinion, um, especially the away game. I thought he was really good in the away game. So I could see that young boys line up. As far as I'm aware, unless they change it on Thursday, they they like a 3-5-2 the way that Michelin did as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we approach that game with a similar sort of mindset. You know, Ojo on the left, rather than cutting inside, we'll play him so he stretches the game on the other side. Uh, And I think that I'd be surprised if Greg Stewart starts. No, I think think it'll be the Arfield, um, Morelos, Ojo free. Uh, and that midfield free. And then, you know, let's see what he does at centre-half because he's got... Because Herlander, take away the Livingston game, was impressive uh, in the two games before that. Uh, so he's got a choice there as well. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't see uh, any major surprises. I do think the I've got this... Uh, David, I'm reminded of... See, when I hear about, you know, people saying, let's get Mar- put Morelos Mar- in the right position, play him in the right, play him in the left, he can... He, he certainly does it when he's playing... You know he spends a lot of time in those areas in the game and that and that's true, but I'm reminded of Wayne Rooney with this a lot mm. where it was always a thing especially for England, wasn't it? Play him on the left hand side, he spends half the game out there anyway and any time he started there, he was nowhere near as effective as he was when he played centrally um, and I think Morelos would be similar I think if you asked him yeah. to do that, I think he would have similar issues. So yes, he can step out there during the game when he's playing centrally and drag people about and find space and such like that. If you were to actually ask him to do it from the start, I don't think it would suit him. Um, and that's, you know, I, we, we might never know, he might never try it, but that's who I'm reminded of when I hear that, you know, a supremely talented player like Rooney who had all the attributes, but for whatever reason, whenever you started him out of, out of the middle of the pitch, it just didn't work.
2: Yeah, I think that the, there is a tendency to do that with players who operate effectively in certain spaces but have a different starting position. I, the one I go back to was Danny Alves. Um, he was put into midfield because, you know, Danny Alves, he's, well, he plays up there anyway, and he was rotten because yeah. he he didn't know it, it just he didn't know where to start from and and it got to him the other one i watched the madrid derby at the weekend and eden hazard um they're playing now in a sort of free role behind the striker as opposed to chelsea where he would start out on the left and again he was rotten and a lot of it is to do i think with the the starting position is just so different that it, it discombobulates them and they don't really know where to go so no I'd always be Alfie in the middle Jermaine to come on with 20 minutes to go I think it works really well Colin can I have a prediction from you for Thursday night I will go with one each Alex I think um,
1: despite the sort of things that we saw last season away from home in Europe I think we're going to sneak this
2: one to one I think it'll be nil-nil. I think it'll be a pretty tight game and I think that uh, you'll see one of those classic Rangers away performances very similar to what we we did in in Leisure. But, you know, we'll make chances and it's down to us whether or not we take them. Okay, folks, that will do us for this week. Time to thank our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers, and also to thank Five Stars. Five Stars Limited are a promotions company and they are bringing lots and lots of bears to a place near you please go and visit their social media search for 5 Stars Limited uh, on Facebook and go to at 5 numeric number 5 stars LTD on Twitter for more information and of course I'll just plug our Patreon site Tons of great content over there It's just £1.99 per month to start you off And you will love it Over 90% retention rate folks People go there, they stay because it's good So go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand Just time to thank my two guests then First of all Mr Alex Staff Thank you Mr Colin McMillan thank you. And we'll be back here this time next week To discuss Rangers next two matches Until then you have a good one Take care, bye bye <laughs>